12 hours later, Brian and Andrew connect for a simple conference call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is the struggle, right, of this world now, is everything is done this way. And it's just like, you know, sometimes people's internet go down or whatever. I mean, that happened to me the other day. I spent the entire day putting together this uh, little piece on, it was, it was a day in the, the life of working on the PGH Museum's project. And I saw it. Yeah, did you like it? I, wa I watched the whole thing. Yeah, your running form could use some work. If you want uh, Shep or somebody to kind of show <laughs> you how to run up the old hill, I'll, I'll get that. I'll get him to uh, take a look at your running form. But yeah, no, it was, it was a good good video. Yeah, yeah, that'd probably be good. I'm, I'm trying to get myself into shape this year. I've got the... Uh, well, the you got to cut out the banana milkshakes, man. It's too many. Uh, <laughs> I, I, that, I, mean, I, that's I, I put down the alcohol and picked up the, the milkshake. <laughs> I'm just joking, you, man. Hi, my name is Brian Crawford with PGHMuseums.org, and over the next several weeks, I'll be talking with artists, museum directors, and even the general manager of a professional sports team. Due to the COVID-19 coronavirus, we'll be practicing social distancing and speaking over video and talking about how the virus is affecting the people who make our culture community work. We'll be discussing how it's affecting their lives, how they're staying creative, overcoming challenges, and how they plan to bounce back when we can all leave our homes again. Please join me for COVID Conversations. We are with Andrew Gardner, General Manager of the Pittsburgh Thunderbirds. And, and seriously, that video, I, we, I went to upload it and my power went out. All of the internet, everything in the middle of exporting it. And I was so excited to share it with people. I wanted to like pre-share it because it's the first time I've done a video in that style and that's kind of the style that i'm hoping to, to move towards in the future and uh yeah and i had to wait an extra day it was like you know it's kind of like a kid on christmas if like you know you're you're excited to open your presents and then you get the memo that christmas was moved to the next day it was a style of authenticity i think that's why the video went over so well is because it didn't look like you you edited the crap out of it it was this is truly my you know a day in the life of brian crawford so i think that's why it went over so well Meanwhile, I did edit the crap out of it, and I, I was up you to like, Well, you did, but you didn't. Uh, you didn't say a line and go, "Oh, that didn't really sound right." And then you rehearsed the line and rehearsed the line, and like it didn't feel like you had a script, right? Like you had it all planned out. But yeah, like you just were unfiltered, very authentic video. I think that's uh, it went over well. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it glad. I'm glad, and that's what we're working towards, trying to get out some new content. You guys have been doing a great job with the Thunderbirds in terms of getting content out in a time when the season's on hold and everything's up in, in question. And mm -hmm. that's gotta be very, very frustrating for you after all of the work you've put in. And you had some really interesting and, and awesome things lined up for this year that, that's on hold now because of this entire shutdown. Yeah. Yeah, uh, specifically our partnership with Pro Bike and Run, but um, I actually have a conference call with them soon. They're still excited to do something, um, even during the shutdown. I think uh, what the AUDL is doing, which is uh, really exciting, is they're hammering social media hard. And they've seen a 225% increase in uh, social media engagement over this time period. And we're talking like 6.2 million impressions or, or some some crazy number like that. So we're actually seeing more people interact with our posts now that people have nothing better to do but to be on their computers or their electronic devices. And uh, they just, these people crave entertainment and sports. So um, 
we should be hitting social media, you know, as much as we possibly can during these days because people people want it, people demand it. Yeah, and I and I keep saying this with different artists. I think it's especially true for for the AUDL and the Pittsburgh Thunderbirds and maybe sports that aren't what everyone always thinks of as mainstream. I feel like this is maybe an opportunity for them to kind of cut into that conversation a little bit because people they don't want to watch necessarily old games that have they've already experienced. They're looking to experience new things, and this is an opportunity for you guys to to provide that content, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, it's um, uh, what better excuse than to uh, show highlights of our 2015 victory nail bite over the Chicago wildfire, right? Like, um, we don't really have an ESPN classic or an AUDL classics uh, television station, right? So like, you really can like hit on nostalgia, which I think is super popular with our demo too. nostalgia is always fun to, to go back and look at. So um, just Coming up with creative ideas, getting highlights out there, showing interest pieces of the stories. What are the players doing during this during this lockout? How did they stay in shape? Uh, like this is all interesting to our fans. It's interesting to me, and it's like if you post it, people are going to interact with it. They're going to share it, and you're going to stay relevant. Because if you're not posting, you're not really staying relevant, and people are going to forget about you when things do come back to normal. Yeah, and one thing that you've been doing, a, a lot of the different players have been taking control of the account and posting their own videos and doing things and i think it kind of shows some of the personality of the players which i think will bring in in an interest from people on the outside as well mm -hmm. yeah it's very cool yeah you just got to make sure that you give it to the right person uh <laughs> <laughs> i know i can think of a few players in the past who uh who might take some extra liberties <laughs> yeah we experienced that one time i think it was you and i having a conversation and, and someone mooned us in the background. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, oh, you'll have that. <laughs> so yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. Practice. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you never know. But it, it, it's, there's it an opportunity to get new, new people, but has it been like personally frustrating for you to like put all of this together and then have to wait? I mean, I know it's no, something of course. with nobody wants to, sound like they're whining, but I mean, I think we're all allowed to whine a little bit, right? I mean, we, yeah, no, I mean, we're definitely disappointed. The guys put in a lot of work. They, they specifically work out to peak at a specific time, uh, and, and use April as a jumping off point. So for us to even have a practice, we had one practice and then for everything to kind of get shut down, we made the decision that it's, it's, uh, uh, for our safety of our our players, um, not our fans yet, but uh, we should not be, you know, going out and congregating with 25 guys all touching the same frisbee, you know, in a tight enclosed mm -hmm. space. Uh, it's it's disappointing because you want to see your hard work pay off, and the payoff in sports is when you get to go on the field and you see a result. Uh, and even from a general managerial standpoint, um, we had a lot of sponsors lined up, and I was ready to deliver. Uh, for my sponsors and to not be able to deliver for them. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's severely disappointing, but uh, you know, we know that everybody's in the same boat. All uh, other 20 AUDL teams are in that same boat. All the MLB teams, NHL, NBA, we're all suffering through it. And you just got to, uh, you know, hold your ground, keep your head held high and figure out what's next. And you guys just had a really great season last year and you're in this new division this year. So there was a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of energy going into this season. How do you carry that over after this law? 
Uh, well, I think that the divisional change almost did it for us, right? Like talk about a golden goose on my lap because it's just, hey, how does playing Atlanta and Tampa Bay and Raleigh and now we have this rivalry with Philadelphia who we would, you know, drub the Keystone State rivalry or they're the Phoenix. So it's the battle of the birds, right? Like that's just very, that's just very sexy in general. Um, and it's an easier sell because the guys, you know, you kind of get tired playing the same old opponents over and over. And we started to develop a rivalry with Indianapolis and Madison, but uh, you know, they, people like fresh, they like new. So I think that the teams alone kind of sold themselves uh, some of the some of the game op things that we what we started to do, like I said, our promotion with Pro Bike and Run, we really felt was going to take that momentum that we got from last year, where we turned a four and ten team into a Midwest Championship Finals team, and and take that and say, hey, listen, this is something that is fun to watch. Like you want to have a party off the field, but you want to be a really good product on the field too. That's super important, and we just feel like we have both. And so whenever we open our doors back up, whether it be this year or whether it be next year, like we're ready to go. We've got the guys, we have the core, which is super important because your, your outside guys, they all have full-time jobs. So one guy might become a doctor and he got, has to move to Austin. You're not going to blame him, but you know, our core group of guys who are born and bred, they bleed black and gold, you know, like Jimmy Toll and Sam Van Dusen and Max Shepard. Like those guys are going to be here and they're going to, they're going to keep that excitement and they're not going to let, uh, you know, our mission and vision drift from what we're trying to make the Pittsburgh Thunderbirds. The Thunderbirds will be back either this year or next year and the museums will be back open soon. Let's hear from one of them. We'll be back with Andrew Gardner in just a minute. It's a wonderful museum in Indiana, PA. The Jimmy Stewart Museum introduces you to the life of war hero, family man, and actor Jimmy Stewart, famously known for films like It's a Wonderful Life and Harvey. In addition to the impressive display of original movie posters and awards, the Jimmy Stewart Museum introduces you to the icon on a personal level with relics of his upbringing with the J.M. Stewart Hardware Store to his military desk as a brigadier general. Boy Scout Awards in a recreated bedroom, and much more. The museum even has a 1930s vintage movie theater to view old Jimmy Stewart films. Janie McCurgan, the museum's executive director, was never fortunate enough to meet Jimmy in person, but she's poured through the documents and set up the exhibitions. Does she feel like she knows him now? I do, I do. After diving into all these displays and the archives and reading multiple stories about him and books, I really feel like I know the man. He was who he was when you saw him. He was a simple, everyday man who was so kind. And uh, his advice to his daughters going off to college was, just be nice to people. That's all he told them. So he was just a really down-to-earth, humble, kind man. Get your chance to meet Jimmy yourself with an impressive collection that spans his life at the Jimmy Stewart Museum, just upstairs of the Indiana Public Library in downtown Indiana, Pennsylvania. Learn more at jimmy.org. We're back with Andrew Gardner, the Pittsburgh Thunderbirds general manager. We were just talking about the season coming back, hopefully hopefully a late start this year, worst case scenario next year. What do you do from a manager's standpoint? One thing you could, you could do is just play up on the fact that people have had nothing to do and they've been sitting inside forever. <laughs> <laughs> Easy to yeah. right here. But uh, what, do you do anything different in terms of just the operations of the game? I know you guys do a lot of activities and things like that for 
the audience. Is there anything that you're going to do special that you think to, to try to bring people to the game or just get them energized? You know, yeah, th this is probably the hardest question you've ever asked me because I, I really don't have an answer for you, namely just because this virus, we're taking it, like it almost feels like we're taking it hour by hour. Um, so I almost feel like it is premature for us to think like, how are we going to get fans in our stands when we don't even know when we're going to be able to play games? Because really that shouldn't be our priority. Our priority should be keeping our fans, uh, and players, uh, health and safety at the top of our, you know, priority list. So, um, you know, I think, I think we shouldn't rush this. Um, I know that we're even contemplating potentially playing games without fans first, um, mm. and seeing what that might look like. Um, so we really don't have a, I, I really haven't given it a ton of thought or a definitive thought of, of how we want to draw back in fans and say, Hey, let's, let's pack three to 400 people shoulder to shoulder and, and cheer on the Thunderbirds. Like, I just don't know if that's the right message that we want to be delivering right now. Uh, and I just haven't given it honestly a ton of thought. Um, now I think once this, you know, blows over, the curve has been flattened. We have a vaccine. It, it, you know, the doctors and these amazing medical professionals come out and say it's safe to come out in public, then I think our product is going to speak for itself. The game day experience that we're going to put on, all of our sponsors are going to come in. A lot of that stuff is going to drive back what we had last year. And I think that we're just going to ride that wave, ride that momentum. But uh, for right now, like, you know, better than anybody, it's just, uh, we're just in a kind of like a holding pattern right now. Yeah. And it's kind of a scary situation because not only are we in this holding pattern, uh, right now, but there are talks that there could be waves of shutdowns. So maybe everything comes back yeah. to business and then all of a sudden it spikes up again and we have to shut down again. It, it's just really difficult to prepare for something like this. Yeah, it's interesting that you brought that up too, because I think that is one thing that the league is very cognizant of. How What's the what's the perception or, or how do we feel if we, we start this thing back up, we play three games and we have to shut it back all down again? So uh, we're really looking at this from a health and safety concern from our players and fans. That's first and foremost. You know, we want to get the games in because we want to make sure that uh, our sport is, you know, remains legitimate uh, and, and it's out there for people to consume. But it's not going to come at the expense of our uh, uh, players and fan safety. So right now, UPMC is working on they, they say they may have a vaccine and, and let's hope that's true. But do you think that could be like a good omen for, for the city of Pittsburgh if UPMC comes out with a vaccine? It's like, you know, we, we, we did it. Maybe it'll all, all the teams will rise up and it'll just be like the, the year of Pittsburgh. We come up with a vaccine. We get some championships. This could be sure, like, well, a good like, you know, slide, right? Like, you know, just everything kind of happens. Sure. Shout out to my to our sponsors, Allegheny Health Network. We love you. But hey, if UPMC comes out with a vaccine, that's great, right? I I think I think AHN would be happy about that too. We're we're just huh. excited to uh to get someone to come out and and uh you know just help. I the will people, say you know? I, I I go to <laughs> uh, Allegheny Health Network. That is actually who I use, and I'm sure they'll be happy to administer the <laughs> vaccine. <laughs> UPMC. So yeah, you're right. I think. I yeah, think absolutely. No, it does. It's, it makes no difference, right? Like medical professionals for HN, medical professionals for UPMC. Like we work for, we work with both, you know, obviously AHN has been tremendous partners for us um, yeah. this past year, moving into this year, they've been uh, big, big supporters, but it's uh, it's all the medical professionals on the front lines right now, just putting their necks out. You know, it's just, it's insane. Like, you know, we have the luxury of, some of us have the luxury of working from home. I know, uh, you don't always get to work from home uh, yourself. Um, 
but uh, you know, people working with uh, directly with people who have COVID, it's just it's really tremendous. Some some of the uh, the abilities these uh, these heroes really have. Well, what is mind blowing to me is just the conditions that some of them are, are working in. For example, like like where I work, we have gloves and masks, but they're not the the type that you would use for that situation. But I mean, we don't need those those masks, but right. Uh, they're short equipment, and I, in a lot of cases, they're being told to reuse masks. I saw one news report where the woman was literally in a trash bag because they don't have the right hazmat equipment for her, so she had to cut a hole through a trash bag to put over her head, and wow. that's her personal like safety equipment at work in a hospital treating people with the COVID-19 virus. Like It's crazy. It's something out of a movie. Yeah, yeah, it really is. So um, you personally, uh, Andrew, like how, how have you been dealing with the the whole situation? I mean, I know you've been able to work from home, correct? So that's, that's yeah, a good yeah, Yeah, so I have a, I have a rigid, uh, you know, nine to five for now. It's not so much rigid when we're actually in the office, but working with the Pittsburgh Penguins, you know, it's uh, waking up. Uh, we're right now in the process of contacting all of our season ticket holders. Uh, and uh, I think it's a really cool thing that the Penguins are doing, make, checking up on all of them. Uh, so, and I'm fortunate to be involved with that organization because I know that, uh, a lot of other sports teams either aren't paying their employees or they're furloughing people. And the penguins have really stuck by, uh, us as new business representatives to go out and outreach. So, um, nine to five doing that, um, obviously they allow us to take breaks. So I'm always doing some Thunderbird stuff on the side after mm -hmm. five o'clock, you know, jumping on with you, doing an interview, still talking with pro bike and run, making sure my players are still working out and they always do because they're active guys and they're just, they're born to do this type of thing. And, um, but right now it's slow, you know, it really is slow. I, I think, um, I'm used to working from home, but not like this, this is a different, this is a different time that we're living in. And I think everyone can get, um, I mean, when you work from home, you can become bored. So you really need to self-motivate yourself in these types of situations and it's difficult. Um, so I feel for everybody and, if anybody needs to uh, reach out, please uh, please don't hesitate to. So working with the Penguins, it's interesting you, you brought that up. Uh, does that give you kind of any ideas with the Thunderbirds? Because I, I know just like myself, working with other video creators and other content creators, I, I love to see what they're doing. Not necessarily that they're doing things better or worse than me, but just different perspectives I'm able to then incorporate into my own uh, abilities and in, in my own knowledge base and I'm able to grow that way. Have you been able to pick up on anything working with the Penguins that has given you ideas with the Thunderbirds? I feel like you, I couldn't have picked a better organization to work for, right? Like the Pittsburgh Penguins are just like the epitome of class of the NHL. Um, everything they do is just, just, it oozes with class. And uh, one of the things that they, they recently did was they just made it an emphasis to make touch points with every single stakeholder within the organization vendors, sponsors, clients, season ticket holders, previous game purchasers, right? So, um, you, you know, you sort of think that it's, um, uh, what's the word, uh, common sense, but, you know, sometimes you don't think about personalizing a note and what that does, and especially in a time like this. So for, for us to, you know, sit down and, and make sure that we're constantly communicating with the players and we're, we're doing touch points with sponsors and saying, hey, we, we didn't forget about you. We didn't just take your money and run. Uh, that's super important. And these are like the little things that the Penguins do right that make them such a good organization. You don't just become a great organization overnight. 
you know, it happens with time and repetition and through anecdotal stories of you treating other people, right? Yeah, that golden rule that your mother always told you. Uh, what's the golden rule? Treat others as you'd like to be treated, that sort of thing. Yeah, so if you had one piece of advice you'd like to, or, or one piece of, one message of hope you'd like to share with just the people out there that uh, on something you've been doing to, to help yourself throughout this this whole stay-at-home order, what, what, what message would you want to send to people? Uh, I mean, like, I just find your routine, find the thing that makes you happy. If you wake up and you, you have a routine and you feel like garbage afterwards, change up your routine. Like that routine's just not for you. Like I know, and I know I've been fortunate with my organization, but they really encourage taking more than an hour for lunch if you need it, right? Like work on your mental health. Um, and I know that that's like very cliche to say, but it's really true. Like you really need to work on your mental health. For Brian, it might be doing a third banana smoothie. Like if that's what makes Brian happy, Brian, you drink that third banana smoothie and you'll let anyone tell you otherwise. Uh, and it's like, I sort of kid, but I don't, you know what I mean? So um, I've I found a routine that that has given me joy. Um, you know, the, the way I, uh, the, the phone calls that I make, the, the people that I talk to, um, I like to get out and, and run right around 545 when the day is over. That just calms me down. Uh, Spotify on Monday comes out with a new playlist and I get to my 30 new songs. Like find your groove and, uh, and, you know, just keep trucking. We're all in this and this will be over, you know, it'll be over soon because we got some really cool people in this, uh, in this world and they're going to fix this thing for us. Step back in time to see history through the lens of a camera with 2,000 cameras on display at the Photo Antiquities Museum of Photographic History. Historic photographs of the Civil War, Native Americans, the World Wars, lantern slides, spirit photographs, stereo views, and more are available at the Photo Antiquities Museum of Photographic History. The Photo Antiquities Museum also has a special collection of rare photos of Pittsburgh's shantytown, a makeshift poor Pittsburgh neighborhood built during the Great Depression. Throughout it all, I noticed in every picture, no one seemed to be smiling. So I asked museum founder Bruce Klein, why? Yes, so nobody smiles because the exposure time was 30 minutes. And that's why everybody looks real stiff because you can't hold a smile for 30 minutes. In addition to that, they usually had neck braces behind their head to keep their head in place because again, 30 minutes, you would move your head side to side, your photo would be blurry. Can Bruce smile for 30 minutes? <laughs> no, I think I'd, uh, I don't think I could do that for more than four or five minutes, I'm sure. Explore the nation's only 19th century photography museum, including everything from the first photograph in 1821 all the way to digital right on Pittsburgh's north side at the Photo Antiquities Museum of Photographic History. Learn more at photoantiquities.org. Thank you for listening to COVID Conversations, a special series for PGH Museums, produced and edited by me, Brian Crawford. Support PGH Museums by joining our membership program at pghmuseums.org join. Our music is Energy 2013 by Sasha Endy and can be found at filmmusic.io and licensed under the Creative Commons. Let us know how you're keeping your spark in these trying times. Email me at brian at pghmuseums.org. Stay safe, keep your distance, and keep creating. <laughs>